Welcome to this week's episode of the Life of the Bridal podcast. Please remember that we are not professional tipsters and always, always gamble responsibly. It's Cheltenham Festival week. Hello, welcome to our day one preview of the Cheltenham Festival with the Life on the Bridal podcast. Joining me as usual, we have Jack Holden and Josh Bursey. Hello to you. Good morning. Hello. How excited are we? I can't wait. Three days' time. It's the raw. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's, so, it, it's going to be one of the best festivals. There are some fantastic races to look forward to. I personally am so excited, but also pretty nervous as well. This, we'll, we'll see how the anti-post shenanigans gets on. But let's get into the races. Let's just get into day one, the Tuesday. I've always said my favourite day. I know some of you may disagree, but that's all right because they're all great days. Uh, the first race, uh, the Supreme Novices Hurdle, sponsored by uh, an online bookmaker. Um, gents, we all have strong opinions on this race. So I'm just going to hand over to one of you two to start off with. Josh, do you want to go first on this? Yes, so I am in the camp here of Il Ete Tomps, a horse that I have been a massive fan of ever since I saw it at Leopardstown, last Dublin Racing Festival. Been brought along very slowly, ran in the Triumph Hurdle, ran a decent race, was only fifth, but still looked very green, very keen in his races. And now this season, he's really come into his own. He's gone up. He did lose against Fasal Vega, but I would have liked to have seen him a bit closer, pressing Fasal Vega a little bit more in that race. And then when he did actually get up and start pressing Fasal Vega at the Dublin Racing Festival, I know Fasal Vega was found down that day, but he absolutely scooted clear of in the pocket, Dark Raven, and it was a really, really great performance. And I think he can back that up here. 13 to 2 was the best price just before declarations is being declared, and I think he will go very, very well. Still 13 to 2. There you go. Uh, Jack, you have a differing opinion. Um, well, I think, you know, anyone who knows anything about racing would agree with me. I think you look at the market currently, <laughs> everyone's talking up Marine National and Ileto Tomps, you know, and yes, Russell Vega did lose very unequivocally um, at Leopardstown. However, two-point favourite at the head of the market still. Initially went out to 7-2, to 4-1 touching in places, and the market has corrected itself, saying no, what happened last time was just complete oversight by Paul Towerend. It was a shocking ride. Let's not try and defend Paul Towerend here. It was a terrible ride. Got caught himself up in a, in a match race with high definition. But fortunately, that wasn't the Supreme Norse's hurdle. This is. It will be ridden correctly. And I think he's still the quality horse in the race. Why is he going to be ridden correctly this time? rather than Well, he's not, be, he's, he's, not, he's not going to be taken right up the front with high definition which was a, a, a stupid thing to do. Um, a bit more... Paul, Paul Townend was on the, was all over the place at Leopardstown. I don't... He had no consistency in his riding. He wasn't confident in himself. And I think 
he'll have a game plan. Him, Willie, will have a game plan. And, you know, at the big dance, he'll perform. So, and the form's well, there. He's, you know, he hasn't come up against Marine National, but he's beaten Ilete Tomps, so he can do it again. Yeah, we all know what uh, what the lineage is there, especially with the the mother. Um, my my pick for the supreme, a horse that uh, Jack will not have any time for at all. It's Marine National, trained and owned by one Barry Connell. Now, of course, Barry has been very very confident about this horse. Whether you take that with a pinch of salt, whether you ignore it at all, that's I'm that so <laughs> that's the question now either of course any trainer or owner is going to be confident but I look I look at this as a, I look at this as racing there are a number of horses there that don't really interest me Fasol Vega for me that's a lay that is a lay of the day arguably a lay of the festival this is a horse that cannot be trusted at all you uh, saw what happened at the Dublin Racing Festival and what I would say is just to back that up 23 of the past 26 winners one last time out Great, three didn't, so it can be done. <laughs> well, to be honest, there are there are there are stats against Marine National as well. It hasn't run since December, and yeah, no, that hasn't been a supreme winner. That hasn't. I see that was more concerning night. than losing last time out. Well, look, this is the route they've taken. They're very confident in in what they in what they're doing. Marine National it's still relatively strong in the market, though I do anticipate about you can get fours now, best price. I anticipate that there'll be a drift probably on the day. A lot of people. I mean, I don't want to be stereotyping, but a lot of people, British people, will probably think, who's Barry Connell? They won't have a clue, and they won't be backing it. Fasal Vega will shorten massively. Marine National will drift to about fives, maybe even bigger, and you'll be looking at a horse that's got a fantastic record over flat, over hurdles, never lost a race. Now, of course, at the Royal Bond uh, in December, only won by head, but struggled at the last and still got up. I see that as a good thing. It shows that it can definitely improve. Marie National is the horse for me. So the next race is the Arkle Challenge Trophy. Novice chase over two miles. This race being predicted uh, to be essentially a two-horse race between El Fabiolo and John Bomb. Jack, you have a particularly strong opinion over one of these horses. Let's hear it. Um, I am a huge fan of John Bomb. I really think that the king, the form of the Kingmaker last time out at Warwick is being read into far too much. Uh, um, you can't read into a match race at all. And if anything, what he showed was when he was pressed and he was down six lengths, he's fought back and has actually won pretty easily. Um, and the form, and so the horse he beat Calico, the form has been uh, Frank's because Calico's gone in since and won. So it's not a bad horse, uh, an improving horse. John Bond went five lengths down, got back five lengths up, um, and has beaten El Fabiola, um, who I think is a bit of a flat, he's going to be a bit of a flat track bully, honestly. Mm. Um, I don't think um, El Fabio is going to take well to the hill. And John Bond, yes, he, he's been battered at Cheltenham before, but you've got to remember that was the Constitution Hill over hurdles. John Bond, Jumping is far more consistent than El Fabiola. Also, I would say, Dice, still give Dice Up Dynamo a bit of credit. Um, could potentially pull something out on the day. I can't see it. I just, I think the, the two Irish contenders there, their jumping's a bit too infrequent. 
Um, Ruby Wolf did mention on the Paddy Power um, preview night uh, about Samoir picking up the pieces. If if the, if they go, you know, absolutely lightning quick at yeah. the front, uh, we've got eight declarations. There's, I think there's going to be a place up for grabs. I don't think Samoir, uh, I don't think um, Dysart Diamond, El Fabio and John Bond are all going to be in the top three. I think you'll have yeah, okay. John Bond, probably um, El Fabio in second or third, and then another. So if you're looking for a, mm. a you know, a place place market, Samoir. And how often do you see these so-called like head-to-head challenges break up and only one of them places, or they or they both get done? You know, you only have to see Ed, Ed, Edmiston be Edgamine, for example. Um, Josh. Do you have a different take? I'm not sure, to be honest. It's not a race I'm particularly going to be getting involved in from a punting perspective. But one thing I would say is that the Arkle, the Irish Arkle that El Fabiolo ran in Ireland at Dublin Racing Festival is over a slightly longer distance than the Arkle at the Cheltenham Festival. And if you wind it back a furlong, then actually El Fabiolo isn't actually that far ahead of Dysart Dynamo or Appreciator. I know you think, ah, oh, that it's a different type of race then, but you've got to consider that maybe it will suit El Fabiolo if they go really fast and he can stay on really strongly, yep. but it might suit John Bon a bit more if they go slightly slower so El Fabiolo can't show that staying. I think I think Dysart Dynamo will d- decide the race in, in one form or another. Mm-hmm. And there have been some concerns that El Fabiolo's jumping may not be as strong as John Bond's. Uh, oh no, I, I don't think I don't think they're in the same postcode in terms of that. I, John Bond is so consistent. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay, we'll move on to the third race. It's the first of the handicaps. It's the ultimate handicap chase, three mile, one furlong. Well, my uh, tip for this race was Lord Accord, but unfortunately, there's uh, no longer no longer in it. I thought it was a good, decent price, but I think there were probably some concerns about the ground. One horse, though, that would take the eyes, Corrick Rambler, won the race last year, got a very good record, uh, potentially could be used as a prep run for the Grand National. But I think if any horse can pull off a handicap double, um, a repeat even, then Corrick Rambler's up there, um, came fourth at Newbury in November. On, on good ground, there's one on uh, soft ground as well. So, and is a horse that I think can do the repeat. Top of the market, maybe not a great price, but six to one. Josh, the ultimate handicap chase. Yeah, I I was very much with you in that I did fancy Lord Accord until I saw that rain coming and I thought, really for Lord Accord, I want good grounds, even good to soft might not be the most ideal. So I started looking at it kind of worst case scenario what if the ground does go soft and which horses will that really really suit and I came across fast or slow now fast or slow you may remember finishing second in the Coral Cup last year to Commander of Fleets I actually think fast or slow should have won that day and also finished second to Camproms over at the Punchestown Festival later that year it's gone chasing this year down the field against Galapam de Champs in the John Durkin. Uh, you know, it might not necessarily look like good form beaten 21 or so lengths, but only mm. beaten um, a couple of lengths by Oton Kulur, who's gone on to run some really, really good races since. 
and Fakaduderi, only beaten eight or so lengths, and we all know Fakaduderi is a really, really good horse, and then has gone on running over a very, very inadequate 17 furlongs against and behind Gentleman to Me and Blue Lord at uh, the Dublin Racing Festival again. So I think they're trying to protect his mark a little bit. Now, he hasn't run over three miles yet, but he's the kind of horse that I think you might see a bit of improvement stepped up to three miles, and the soft ground will really suit. Kind of in and around the 12 to 1 mark might be worth an each way punt. And so we come to the big race of the day. The first of the championship races is the champion hurdle, where we have a big market leader in Constitution Hill. Guys, is anybody, is anybody going to stand a chance against this? Absolute beast of a horse. No. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd say probably not, but it is horse racing and anything can happen. And you've got horses like Not So Sleepy running in the race who could be a bit a bit of a head case and might cause a bit of a bit of chaos. So you never know. But from certainly from a betting perspective, I don't think I'd be looking to oppose him. Um, yeah, you're I'd, looking you're looking at the betting without place markets here. Um, personally, I I think the, the one two is a foregone conclusion. I think Constitution Hill beats Stateman by eight ten lengths. I think then Stateman beats. I'm saying I like to move it from Twisted yep. Davis Yard mm. into third place, and that's I, I that could be bigger than eight to ten lengths easily. I think those the top two are far better than everything else, and I think yes. the top one is better than two by. I, I would potentially say there might be a bit of value in betting I like to move it instead of into third, trying to see if he can get up to second. Because yeah. State Man is going to really, really try and beat Constitution Hill. Paul Tannen's going to think, OK, let's go. Let's really try and beat him. And it might end up that I like to move it can pick up the pieces at the end once State Man's yeah. had his go. And kind of yeah. pass him on the run-in. So I think there might be a bit of value there. But aside from that, I wouldn't really be getting involved. Do you, yeah. do you think there's do you think there's any way how if you're trying to beat Constitution Hill, how do you think you can do it? Can you do it? I I honestly I cannot see any way. The way I'd can't. be thinking about it if I was Paul Townend is I would be sitting just behind Constitution Hill, following his every move. And hoping and you've got more in the tank at the Hoping you've got more in the tank at the end, or potentially hoping that I've got a better turn of foot and can surprise him kind of going to the last hurdle. That mm. that would be how I'd think about doing it. But, you know, it's difficult. <laughs> will, and, he, uh, will, he like the, will, will will statement like this off ground as well? I don't think he'll mind it. No. I don't, I don't Hill, and Constitution Hill's fine, isn't it? So. I, I don't think at that kind of class, like those kind of horses tend to get too upset about the type of grounds. Um, it does play into their chances a little bit, obviously, but they both run on softest ground and been absolutely fine so no worries there right so there you go that's the champion hurdle constitution hill wins okay the mayor's hurdle now this is going to be slightly interesting we've got uh, we've got a few that we thought could be going elsewhere but it seems as if they are going to go for the mayor's hurdle uh i think it's perhaps the deepest race of the entire festival i i'm it's probably the race i'm looking forward to most in terms of overall quality you have some Serious talent here. Honeysuckle put on both on the champion hurdle. Marie's Rock is the defending champion. Grade two, grade one winners elsewhere. Um, you've got Love Envoy for Harry Fry. 
Fields of Glory has been uh, supplemented in as well. I just think it's a fantastic race. There's a lot of depth to it. I could see six, potentially even seven winners in this race. And well, Marie's Rock is in fact on favourite for the race now. Um, on one particular bookmaker, eleven to four. I would like. I think Marie's Rock will win the race personally. I think Epitomp will come second. Yes. And I think Honeysuckle um, will be fighting out for third place with Brandy Love, Echoes and Rain, Queensbrook and Love Envoy. Yeah. I think I think so. Look, Marie's Rock was r- right near the top of the market for the stairs hurdle, so this is a horse that, 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 that could win multiple races at the festival. Josh, do you have a differing opinion? I mean, I, I think you, you can't discount Queensbrook either, who was second to Marie's Rock last year. I know Marie's Rock has improved a bit, but on her day, I think Queensbrook could run a very, a very good race. And not, not anywhere near the top of the market either, so 16 to 1. So might, if you're looking for an outsider who could run well at a price, then Queensbrook yeah, would be the one. I'd agree. Um, I'd just quick, quickly say on the, the whole, obviously this is going to be Honeysuckle's last ever ride. Um, uh, two-time champion hurdler, Three-time Cheltenham Festival winner. It'll be, you know, it's it's her last race. And regardless of what whatever opinions you have of her, um, <laughs> she's she done she's done great things for the sport. Um, the combination with Rachel Blackmore as well has given the racing community a bigger audience. Just enjoy it. If she wins, she wins. If she doesn't, she doesn't enjoy it. So long and thanks for all the memories. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> uh, well, yes, I mean, there, there are debates to be had as to whether some of these horses should be in this race, but we'll leave that for another day. We move on to the Boodles Juvenile Handicap Hurdle over two miles. There have been some interesting developments in this race. I'm going to stick with what I said in our handicap preview. Sir Allen, the horse down, you can get best price of 10s as one on soft ground. Has won, beaten a number of big contenders in this race, Morning Soldier, Biker, Jazzy Matty, Mutton Metamorphosis, which is a horse that's been tipped off a big, 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 big price. Uh, came second to Blood Destiny at Cork. He's got £7 on a horse like Biker. I think Sir Allen is a decent each weight shout. Gentlemen, do you have a different opinion? Now, yes. I was looking at this in the handicap preview as well, and I stand by what I said about Affordale. I think Affordale will run very well. Paul Nichols has got a really, really good record in the race. And even though it wasn't amazing last time out, might have been a little bit undercooked in preparation for this. Another one I've kind of got my eye on, though, is Punta del Est for Dan and Harry Skelton. Harry Skelton jocked up to ride. Now, I heard that they were thinking about running this horse in the Adonis Hurdle at Kempton. Um, but they didn't, and I think when they were given the handicap mark that they've been given of 126, they thought, that's quite good, we know this horse is better than this, let's go for the juvenile handicap at the Cheltenham Festival. Was third behind Bo Zenith um, at Haydock in the uh, juvenile hurdle there in the middle of February. Ran a good race that day, um, but I think can improve going handicapping and certainly won't have any problem on the forecast soft ground. Jack? Bad. For me? Yes. Yes. 
oh, I like French horses coming over for this sort of race. Um, Tony Mullins, in fact, again on the Paddy Power. Uh, <laughs> He he could be twelve pounds well in with everything else in this race. Um, French French horses coming over, they they're not treated as harshly um, by the British handicapper as the British handicapper treats the Irish horse. I, could be could be anything. Could be awful. Could win this by six or seven lengths. Rachel Blackmore on board. Um, could be could be electric. Fair enough then. Well, we've all got different shouts there. We'll see how it goes on the day. We move on to the final race of the first day of the Cheltenham Festival. It's the National Hunt Chase. Three miles six. Used to be the four mile. Now it's three miles six furlonger. Uh, gents, we've got some strong opinions in this race. We'll start with Jack yeah. here. Well, I think I'm speaking for Josh here as well. Yeah. We, yeah. we, we, we only th- think there's one winner here. Um, that being chemical energy. We've said it. I think we said it on every show. We've done so far, um, yes. and I think even if even if he comes twenty lengths second on Tuesday afternoon, we'll say he was the best horse in the race. Um, <laughs> you will. So I know you will. So Remedies hasn't been declared. Uh, Churchstone Warrior hasn't been declared. So top three in the market: Garden Manil, Marla Mission, Cameron Cranjee. For the for the for the life of me, I cannot understand how Marla Mission. All we now is at a slimmer distance in the betting market between Mild Mission and Chemical Energy. Chemical Energy beat it by 61 lengths at Cheltenham in October. And a £5 swing is not... However you do your maths, a £5 difference is, is not going to, you know, result in 61 lengths. Garden Manil, I think, is the worst favourite of the entire festival. At the price... Now, he could be, he could be, he could be a great horse and he could go and win this. But the three mile six furlongs in what could turn into an absolute bog for a horse that has no turn of foot, you know, it goes like an absolute ship. Six to five, you know, I'm looking at at the moment. Mm. And Ken Glenn is seven to one and has got yeah. only one at the festival. You've got to take on. Not one, not one at the festival, sorry, has one at, one at Cheltenham. So, yeah. I, I think it's a pretty obvious pick, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Josh, much the same opinion? Much the same opinion. I'm I'm a little bit worried about the ground, I have to say. If the ground was to come up riding soft, I don't think Chemical but, Energy would have as good a chance as he might do on good grounds. But but when we went when we when we were there in October and we saw him in October, what what was the ground the, the game was good that day. Yeah. Now I I, I don't. I don't think it was good that day. I no, I, I was. He was on the softer side of good. There was. There was some cut in the ground there. And I think you're actually going to have slightly softer, but I think it's going to be pretty much the same. And with the horse that was, you know, won comfortably at Cheltenham against one of his rivals. I think there's yeah. an option here. I'm happy with my position on the race from an anti-post perspective. Yeah. But if you want to get involved now, I still don't think seven to one is a bad price about chemical energy. Not you can still get it. No. So that would be my pick. I think some people might be interested in Mr. Coffee down the list, but he doesn't finish off his races particularly David well. Jennings. Is is Manila <laughs> Kruna going here? Yeah. Uh, well, it's a ship, but an even slower ship than Garda Manil. So. <laughs> Yeah, you've got to you've got to take on Gertie. Well, when, when I, you I, when you're going down to Velvet Elvis, I don't think 
you've got a chance in a race like this. Yeah, fair enough. Right, okay, Japs, that is Tuesday of the Cheltenham Festival. Let's have your nap and your lay of the day, please. Well, my nap of the day is going to be Ilete Tomps, I think, at 13-2, to which you can still get. Fantastic price. Really, really great bet there. Lay of the day, I imagine this might be similar across the board. It's going to be Gallard Dumanil. I don't think there's... I don't think 6-5 to five is the correct price in that race. He might win, but I don't think that's the correct price, and I'd happily lay him at that. Uh, Marie's Rock, for me, is the nap of the day. And my, my lay of the day, purely... For, I, mean, I, don't, I don't often, you know, make my decisions off, off a price, but Gardner Manil at 6 I've seen 6-5 to five is ridiculous. Lay of the day for me. Interesting. I will also go with Marie's Rock in the Mayor's Hurdle as my nap of the day, but my lay will be Fasal Vega. Of course, uh, Tony Mullins. Tony, Tony Mullins, who Jack's quoted a number of times, has even said the worst price favourite at the festival. Now, of course, there's a same person who said that Fasal Vega could be the best racehorse he's ever seen, so whether you take that with pitch or salt or not, I'll use it to back me up. But um, Fasal Vega is my lay. Right, chaps, that is the Tuesday done. Listeners, stay tuned for Wednesday's preview.